Nearly a decade ago, I found myself filling the hours by listening to podcasts while my husband, Brooks, was training with the U.S. Army. Walking the streets of our Army post, I dreamt of creating something for women that bridged that gap between sermon audio and small talk. It was on the floor of my tiny closet on post that that very dream, the Dream for the Journey Women podcast, came to fruition in June of 2017. And today, by God's grace, Journey Women is now a not-for-profit ministry with the aim of moving women to know and love God more. Our monthly and one-time givers help make our mission possible. If you'd like to support the work that we do, you can make a tax-deductible donation by visiting journeywomen.org forward slash give. Thank you for investing in the work of Journey Women. Welcome to the Journey Women Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter Belis. Life's a journey we were never meant to walk alone. We all need friends along the way. On the Journey Women Podcast, we'll chat with mentors about gracefully navigating the seasons and challenges we face on our journeys to glorify God. In honor of Journey Women's first birthday, my friend Sarah Pape flipped the tables on me and asked questions that y'all sent in via Instagram. It felt a lot like Sarah and I were chatting over a cup of coffee back in college as we talked about everything from things I like to do in my free time to how I preach the gospel to myself even when I don't feel like it. It's casual, it's fun, but more than anything, it's an attempt to say thank you for all the tangible help, love, prayers, and support that you guys have extended to me throughout the last year. It is genuinely my joy to get to walk this out with you guys on the weekly. Thank you for journeying alongside me. Well, Scotty, welcome back to the Journey Women podcast. It's been over a year since we've chatted. Can you believe that? How? That's insane. Happy one year to Journey Women. Has been a literal whirlwind, which you have been a part of. So I appreciate your grounding uh, friendship in the midst of it all. Absolutely. It has been such a blessing and such a fun adventure to be on. Well, I thought it would be fun to do some kind of like ask me anything episode since I'm usually on the other side of the microphone and... You're one of my best friends from the University of Arkansas. People can go back and check out your episode. I think it was the second episode of the Journey Women podcast. Am I right? (laughs) That sounds right to me. It's a little rough around the edges. Just a little. Not saying that we've improved much, but maybe a little bit by now, one year in. I will still definitely be rough around the edges. That's just part of the package here. (laughs) Which is exactly why I wanted to have you on today to handle these questions that we got from the listeners just about all different types of things. So I'm going to flip the switch and you're going to be the interviewer. And I hope I can give some helpful answers to the questions that the listeners sent in. Yes, I absolutely love this. And on behalf of all of the Journey Women, thank you for letting us pick your brain on these topics. I'm just glad that my computer isn't like crashed right now because we tried (laughs) to plan this like a week ago and my computer was actually baptized by my toddlers just before our call, (laughs) which turned into this whole thing. You really headed up with Elizabeth Seyfried and Chloe Hamaker and uh, you guys launched a GoFundMe and then raised enough money for an entirely new computer within 12 hours. What? That means that your listeners are awesome, and I want to be friends with all of them. The best listeners in the whole world, and you're also the creator of the most hysterical meme that I've ever seen (laughs) of myself. The only meme I've ever seen of myself as well, but... (laughs) Hey, the first of many to come. I've got got plenty more where that came from. Again, Journey Woman has been a blessing in my life, and I know in the lives of so many others, so it was a joy and a privilege. 
Thank you, friend. Without further ado, let's go ahead and kick off these questions. The first one, obviously, is going to be about Journey Women. So we want to know where you got the inspiration to start a podcast. Where did this all begin? Maybe where does the name come from? Like, throw it all in there. Yes. The dream to actually start a podcast started for me when I was like walking the streets of our very first duty station, Fort Hood, Texas, for my military people. (laughs) And I'll be honest, that was a really dark season of my life. And I felt like my only friends were via my earbuds, except for one, Sarah, if you're listening, I'm so thankful for you. And everybody else was virtual. I was listening to podcasts somewhere along the way. I thought, man, I just think it'd be so cool to get to do this in a way that like meets women wherever they are. Cause it's just been such a ministry to me to have these like people speaking into my life from a distance. And so fast forward, I mean, gosh, Sarah, I think it's been like four years since that duty station when I actually started the process of launching Journey Women. So I sat on that dream for a really long time. I prayed about that dream. And then this is so cliche, but as I was thinking about like, what are the things that I want to do before I turn 30? Did you do that? Oh yeah, girl. (laughs) You got the list. One of them was (laughs) start a podcast. And I started to talk about it with friends like yourself. I talked about it with my husband and then it just became this thing where it was like, well, why wouldn't, why wouldn't I do that? Why wouldn't I try? And so I bought this little starter guide, Start Your Own Podcast by JC Veracito, which if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I literally learned everything from that guide. She did an excellent job. Then the process really started. <laughs> naming my podcast was actually the hardest thing that I had to do. Why is naming so hard? Girl, I have no idea. You're good at it, though. No, 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 no. Yes, As writing, yeah, it's like that's something you, ha- that's the most important thing, you know? Yeah. I had this like phrase for myself ever since like just coming out of college, just kind of an encapsulation of who I feel like God made me to be. And I always call myself a journey woman for Jesus. And so I start looking on the internet for like journey woman, which actually is taken by a travel company. Brilliant. And then I realized as I was like thinking and praying, I was like, man, really journey woman is just like one small sliver of the reality that like, I want this to be more than about me and more than about the individual listening. I want this to be about a collective like group of women who are seeking to glorify God in like the various seasons and challenges they face. And so that's kind of how it started. And I'll be honest, like when I launched it out into the world, I really didn't know exactly what I wanted it to be. And it's been cool to see how it's kind of evolved and how God's given me more clarity about what the Journey Women podcast mission actually is. Yeah, I love that too. And that seems like you you know, you have been surrendered to the spirit throughout the entire process. And so seeing your willingness and the God guide and develop that along the way, it makes sense that it's grown as much as it has and that it's reaching people all over the world because you've been faithful and God's, God's been like, you show up and I'll show up. So that's really cool. I guess I should share this a little bit. I was seeing women in my real life come to Christ. And because of the transiency of our lifestyle, being in the military, then they might be moving like, one month, two months later. And so the discipleship follow-up piece was a little bit lacking just because of time. And while I totally trust the spirit to continue the work that he started in them, I also kind of wish that I had like an encapsulated little uh, conversation or something that I could offer to them just to encourage them as they were transitioning to their next duty station to continue walking faithfully and continue growing in godliness. And so I just thought to myself like, man, what if I recorded conversations with somebody like yourself, Sarah, or 
with my mentor from the forge, Matt Lance, or, you know, with other people that I know have a lot to say about one specific topic. And what if we exhaust that topic and talk about it, you know, from a biblical perspective, and then I can push it out to these people who, you know, I'm actually interacting with, and then they can thereby be encouraged on their journey to glorify God. And it's just crazy because I kind of expected it to be like, you know, my layer of friends and then maybe my layer (laughs) of like disciples. And so it's been cool to see how there really are so many people who are in a transient lifestyle who really do desire to have a mentor speaking into their life. It's military. It's women who are just like coming into college, women transitioning out of college, going into the working world. Transiency is like such a theme of of our life. And I feel like journey women can kind of stand in the gap and then just encourage women to get plugged into the local church whenever they get to their next spot. Absolutely. It's awesome. I love journey women. It's the best. (laughs) I don't think I would be doing journey women if it wasn't for you. No, please (laughs) stop. Thank you for your encouragement. (laughs) Of course. Okay. I want to merge two questions. Okay. So one says, how do you get anything done with two little kids Mm-hmm. And then the other one is how do you guys connect and build intimacy yeah. in spite of busyness? So let's let's merge those two. Yeah. It feels like your busyness would have to do a lot with your two darling daughters. Yeah, it totally does when Brooks is home. I mean the the busyness is always there for me with the two with the two little people. Yeah. And then there's also this whole other added layer of busyness with the military because the nature of our lifestyle is that Brooks is like literally gone. I wish I had like a percentage to offer, but all my military people know it's probably about 50% of the year, depending on whether or not we're walking through deployment. So when he's home, this is something we're really actively working on. I think this is really hard when you have little tiny people in the house and just real practically going to bed early and like meeting each other in the bedroom and saying, we're not going to have our cell phones. Like this is kind of a technology free zone, which we've had to like communicate about and establish and talk about why we'd like to prioritize that. And then it just gives us a space to like either read together in bed or talk together before we go to bed or whatever it is. And so that's just a real practical way because honestly, Sarah, we put our kids down at like eight, 8.15 8.15 mm-hmm. and then we're, we're in bed by 9.30. So oh, it's, that's great. Yeah, it is because he also wakes up at four in the morning. So <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's necessary. <laughs> a lot of people ask me, how do you balance being a wife? How do you be, balance being a mother? And how do you also do like this whole podcast thing? And I just want to offer a realistic perspective because I think the main reason I've been able to actually do what people are seeing me doing online is because Brooks has gone so frequently, not by his choice. It's obviously because he submitted himself to the higher authority of the U.S. Army. But when he's gone in the evenings or when he's out in the field, then I'm able to knock out like a lot of journey and stuff while my babies are sleeping. So really Mm -hmm. practically, I think that's how I'm able to do this stuff that people see that they're just scratching their heads and wondering like, how the heck do you do that? And then like spiritually, I know it's difficult for me, especially having little babies to like even prioritize the spiritual intimacy piece and Mm -hmm. actually spending time in the word. And I just want to say when you have a newborn, give yourself all the grace because I was not waking up early and doing a quiet time when Davey was first born. We were just trying to get that child to sleep beyond 530 (laughs) in the morning. If anybody follows me on Instagram, they remember those days. 
Yes. <laughs> I was like, always, always just like, really? It's 5 a.m. Like, what are you oh. doing? She really had a challenging first year in regard to sleep. And so I prioritized a lot of rest and then filled in the gaps with Bible reading on my phone, listening to Bible.is on audio. And I, I think Brooks was still waking up, but honestly, I don't even remember because it was such a brain fog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I cannot imagine. Um, And now I still do the same thing. And I try to maintain the same mindset that like quiet time or like time spent with the Lord growing in intimacy with Jesus isn't just isolated to one time in our day, but it's an opportunity that we have all day for like touch-ins. We can connect with the Lord all through the day. And so that can look like I do prioritize having like an intentional time of study in the mornings. But then also I try not to isolate it to that. So if I miss that time, I'm also looking for other pockets of time throughout my day to grab my verse pack that I'm like working on memorizing and just file through those verses like while I'm pushing my children on the swings. Or I'm sure many people have seen me with my Bible open walking my dog Mm -hmm. and my kids in the stroller because that's how desperate I am. People will message me and be like, really? Like, do you really do that? And I'm like, this is how desperate I am to connect with Jesus like throughout my day. And the primary means by which he's given us to know him is through his word. And so I'm just mm-hmm. constantly trying to put myself in front of it and give myself opportunities to connect with it as much as I can throughout the day. That is good. That is inspiring too. I, I want to learn. I can barely like walk and chew gum. So walking and reading. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's a goal where Bible.is comes in. <laughs> there you go. I like that. Yes. Life is crazy sometimes, and finding time to sit down and read the Bible can be difficult. That is why I love Dwell. When I can't find time to read the Bible, I can listen to it. The voices reading the Bible are soothing. They're not your normal narrators. Plus, you can choose calming background music and adjust the pace of the narrator's voice to get things just right. Dwell's newest release is called Dwell Daily, a fresh, thoughtfully crafted devotional that immerses you in the word, allowing you to pray it, meditate on it, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your engagement with the Bible this year, Dwell Daily is worth checking out. I cannot recommend Dwell enough to help you orient your mind to the life-giving word of God throughout your day. Go to dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen to receive your 25% discount today. Again, that's dwellbible.com forward slash journeywomen for your 25% discount to subscribe and spend time in God's Word. Okay, so here's another question that has to do with the Belis family. Do y'all have a set of family values or a mission statement even for your family? We don't. Do you guys? Uh, no. Mm-mm. Yeah, I know. This is like very idyllic. I really desire this for myself, but we each have our own individual kind of, what are they called? Identity statement. Identity statement. Yeah. Yeah. So I was thinking maybe you could try and help me come up with one. Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Here they are. Let me lay this down. Brooks is a man after God's own heart, very much like David in the scriptures. That's his identity statement. I, as you know, am a journey woman for Jesus. I believe that God Mm -hmm. is calling me to seek after those whom he has awakened and bring them back to their heavenly father. Okay. Mm -hmm. Journey Mm -hmm. woman. Love it. Then we have Hadley, which literally means like a field of Heather from the field of Heather. And then her middle name is Grace. So Heather is a flower that actually grows in really harsh environments. So we say Hadley is one who is able to grow and thrive in difficult environments with Grace. That is good. (laughs) <laughs> that I was, like that. That was literally God-given, so I take no credit. Perfect. And then Davy K. 
Catherine means beloved and pure. So (laughs) I don't know if we can come up with one, but I wanted to say if anybody needs any help creating an identity statement, Sarah, I think you should like charge this as a service on your website because I'm pretty sure you came up with like the Journey Women slogan. You remember that? (laughs) No, I don't. You are giving credit where credit is not due. (laughs) Those are awesome. There's a lot of like pastoral kind of idyllic shepherding themes with Yes. Hadley being in the field and you being on a journey and um, yes. you know, Brooks being the a man shepherd. after God's heart. Yes. Yeah. And um, Davy's beloved and, saying, and pure. Absolutely. So like I'm feel I'm seeing like some farmer themes. <laughs> I <laughs> have right, no idea. We're, we're going to need to work on this. <laughs> yeah. Let's let's put that one. Let's put that one in the parking lot and we'll. I'll get I would back to love you. to come up with one though. A lot of Pine Cove families, which is the camp where Brooks and I worked and met, they have these like a, a family identity statement. And so maybe we'll have a whole episode on that. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah. And creating your really own identity cool. statement. We've had a lot of requests yes, for that. Please. So noted. I want that. Okay. I absolutely want that. Cause Ben, you know, Ben got that experience in the forge. And I'm like, wait, I want one of those. I want an identity statement. Do you know Ben's off the top of your head? It has to do with shepherding as well. And basically meeting people where they are and shepherding them, which is so him. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is so you. Okay. Well, I'll be thinking about your identity statement as well. (laughs) Yes. Give one to me, please. (laughs) I feel like it's like Harry Potter and the sorting hat. Like, (laughs) I want one. Gryffindor. Exactly. (laughs) Um, Okay. Here's our next question. And it has to do with the gospel. Hallelujah. How do you preach the gospel to yourself when you really just want to do something that's mind numbing? Yeah. I feel like this is kind of a constant battle that I'm facing in life. Yeah. (laughs) But honestly, it just comes down to practice. And I remember sitting in front of Matt Lance in the forge and saying, like, I want to be one of those people who, like, really understands how the gospel permeates every situation in life. Yeah. Can you help me get there? And he's like, all you have to do is practice. And that was really discouraging to me. (laughs) (laughs) So I was like, really? You can't like teach me how in just like an hour. But I think it's a lot easier to default to preaching the gospel to yourself. Like when you're facing um, a time of plenty or a time of want, Mm -hmm. you have been doing it. And so Mm -hmm. I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I totally used to think that the gospel is like this one time event that only applied to me when I was justified and like when I was made right before God, like just as if I'd never sinned. And I didn't really realize that the gospel rescues me every moment of every single day and that Mm -hmm. it's not something that I'm ever going to move beyond. It's not something that I graduate from into like Christianity 2.0. And then I start talking about like, you know, more theological things like this is Mm -hmm. actually the substance of Christianity. And so The more I gaze at the beauty of what Christ has done for me, the more I treasure it and the more Mm -hmm. I run to it in both times of success and in times of failure. Mm -hmm. I just think like whether I'm feeling my need or not, I'm always in desperate need of Jesus. And so I just try to make a real active practice of thinking through like, what does it look like in this moment to apply the gospel to the situation at hand? And I'll say that having kids has probably been the most practically helpful practice. (laughs) You have this real tangible opportunity where you're constantly seeing yourself fail as a parent and you're experiencing like guilt and shame and and you're frustrated with yourself and you're seeing like parts of yourself show that you didn't even know lay dormant within you. 
And the same thing goes for your kids. When you're seeing your kids walk in disobedience and you're needing to really remind yourself of the hope that you have in Jesus and then to point them to the only one that can like extend that salvation and that hope to them in, in their time of need. So yeah. kids have been super helpful. And I would recommend the book, Give Them Grace, whether you have kids or not. Like she goes through and kind of lays out like, how can we talk about the gospel in regard to like whatever situation is in front of us. So it's like a parenting book, but I found it actually more helpful yeah. for me on a personal level reading it when I was pregnant. And I probably read it twice since then. And it was just like getting used to the gospel language and kind of tethering that to like everyday life. What about you? I mean, your whole episode is on the gospel. Man, finding it in every situation. So whether that's, I'm frustrated when I'm driving and I'm like, Ugh, I have a bad attitude. And then I pull into the parking lot and there's like, I get a good parking spot. And I'm like, I recognize that I do not deserve that parking spot. Thank you, Lord. You know, yeah. um, so that's that's what I have to retrain my mind on of, I don't deserve X, Y, Z, and God in his mercy is giving me something that I haven't earned and that I don't deserve. Those are kind of the two things that I go back on. So that can be anything from a parking spot to a good hair day. <laughs> good, good is a stretch, especially in the summer. Good is a stretch, a decent hair day. Um, but, but in the little things, you know, and if that brings a laugh or a smile, like great, because when I say I want to find it in everything, like I'm not kidding. I will find it in, in every single thing. I really like the little thing. I don't know what it's called. Is it a mnemonic device where you like have like one word? Yeah. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. That has been probably one of the most helpful things for me thinking through this on a practical level, because then I'm able to actually tangibly look at creation. And then I'm also able to look at like a situation where things are not as they ought to be. Oh, yeah. For example, us just experiencing our miscarriage and being able to name like... This is a result of sin. So there's the mm -hmm. fall part and the redemption part is that Jesus has come and that he is our salvation. And the restoration piece where it's like, oh man, like this is heartbreaking. But the beautiful reality is we will one day be in a place in which there will be no more death. There will be mm -hmm. no more pain. There will be no more tears. So it prompts you to look forward to the hope that we have of like the kingdom of God coming near. So I'll like sit down and journal through literally write out creation, fall, redemption, restoration in my journal, especially when I'm having like a conflict with a friend or with a family member and just kind of like journal out like what did God intend? How did the fall like disrupt that? What is the hope that we have in Jesus? And what do we have to look forward to when he returns? And yeah. looking up even specific scriptures and using the concordance in my Bible to do that, just to help me process through a situation in a real gospel-centered way. I love that. Yeah, just that practice of going through those, those different words. Yep. Okay, here's our next question. What advice would you give to a new believer? Man, this makes me so stoked. Can I tell you guys something really fun? Yes, I actually please. got a message from a girl. I hope she's listening. Last week, she said, about a year ago, I started walking to lose weight and listening to your podcast. And over the last year, God has really used it to draw me nearer to himself. And I am now a follower of Christ. Isn't that oh cool? Oh my gosh, I have goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I was like, this is just <laughs> the best thing that's ever happened in the whole podcast, which I recognize, obviously, that's only by the Spirit's doing in her life. And I'm so thankful that he has 
awakened her and that he has drawn her to himself and that we've just gotten to be like a sliver of that process. But I would say my advice to her and to every new believer is just to get plugged into a local gospel-centered church. And that was the first thing Mm -hmm. that I asked her. I said, great. Do you have anybody in your proximity that you can link arms with that also loves Jesus? And she's like, yes, I've gotten plugged into the local church. And if you've been around Journey Women for a while, you know that that's like a resounding gong of mine, that this isn't the end. This should be Mm -hmm. a springboard for real life conversations with women in your proximity who also love Jesus so that you can grow in godliness together. And so that is my number one recommendation for a new believer. And we also have like resources on our website and stuff. If you don't know how to find a gospel-centered church that can help you just like networks online and stuff like that. So check that out if you're listening and you're like, man, I really want to do that. And then once you get plugged into the local church, I think you're going to have opportunities to connect with women who know how to study their Bible and just to go to them and say, you know what? I actually don't know how to study my Bible. Can you help me? to humbly submit yourself to their tutelage, like in regard to Bible study. And I think that is, again, the primary means that God has given us to know and grow in our understanding of who he is. And as you grow in your understanding of who he is, you grow in your understanding of who you are and your desperate need for him. And then this whole thing just like turns on itself over and over and over and over again. And you'll have many moments in which you're like, man, I feel like I just became a believer because your joy in what Christ has done for you just continues to expound. So I would say get into the word and just start cultivating those spiritual disciplines. Like I remember when I was in high school. Oh, bless. We've talked about this. (laughs) (laughs) I was not walking with the Lord and then coming into college is actually when I met you, Sarah. And I had just rubbed shoulders with a youth pastor who had just come to our church my senior year. And he was really one of the first people to invest in me spiritually as a high school student. And he asked me, Hunter, how are you doing spiritually? And I just decided to be honest and say, not really good. And so he took me under his wing and he taught me this method of Bible study. It's kind of similar to inductive, but it's a lot more simplified. It's called SOAP. You just read through the scripture. So this is an acronym. So scripture, observation, application, and prayer. Really simple. And he told me, he was like, you know what? You can do this every day. Doesn't have to be a long passage of scripture, but you can get in the Bible every day and you can do this SOAP thing. Look at the scripture, look at observation about the text, whatever it is you're reading, do some kind of application for how it impacts you today, and then pray about it. And so I started that right when I went to college. And, you know, he encouraged me. He's like, just see how many days you can go. And I'm a competitive person. And so I think I went like over a year without missing a day of Bible study. And I don't say that to brag. I say that to brag about what God did in me through his word, because man, that lit me up flame. And I guarantee, I mean, you knew at the very beginning of freshman year, like that this girl was obviously (laughs) like rough around the edges. Hey, in good company. You know, I think a lot of people, they hear my story and they're like, oh my goodness, like, I can't believe that because they expect that I've just always been walking with Jesus. And it's like, man, this has really been a result of the last 11, 12 years of really just growing in my obsession with God's word. And I think as I grow in my obsession with God's word, Donald Whitney talks about how that's the most important of the spiritual disciplines, because when you do, you're automatically praying as you're going through the text, because you see things in yourself as you're kind of like looking at scripture and you're like, man, my life doesn't really align with that. So you kind of have this Mm -hmm. opportunity for like confession and repentance and rejoicing and who God is as you continue to read about him in his word. 
And then all these other things, all these other spiritual disciplines are addressed in scripture, like coming together in worship, like all these things are addressed in scripture. So the Holy Spirit convicts you as you're spending time in the word to engage in other spiritual disciplines. And so I think that would be my primary encouragement is just to get into the word and not to do it in a legalistic way, but to do it in seeking to know who this God that has rescued you actually is. And I think as you come to know him more through his word, your affection for him will increase. And what might feel like a real clunky process at the beginning actually becomes quite organic and enjoyable. Amen. Has that been your experience? Yeah. I mean, you were, you were like more polished this whole time. So um, no, no, this is the most false portrayal. <laughs> polished. There have been a lot of words to describe me, but polished is not one of them. But yeah, I think that absolutely like you develop an appetite for what you feed yourself, you know? And so as with anything else, like when I'm eating junk food, I crave junk food, but when I'm yeah. eating healthy food, over time, that's what I begin to crave. And yes. so it's that same idea mm. just put in the form of, of what you're feeding yourself spiritually mm-hmm. and when you're reading scripture and ingesting scripture. That's what you'll crave. And you'll find out that like, that's what actually long-term satisfies. It truly nourishes you. Here's our next question, which is kind of on that same vein. What do you like to do to care for yourself other than rattle? Well, some of that looks like this podcast. You know, it started out as a nourishing endeavor. I think I went through a period where I realized that it was actually a lot more than what I would bargained for. <laughs> God's been kind to like offer relief. And I think right now at about a year, we're finally at a place where I'm like, oh, okay, this is a fun thing that's actually kind of, you know, life giving for me. It always has yeah. been, but it became a lot of work for a second there. But I would say other than the podcast, I just try to get together with girlfriends. And if you can imagine, I actually am recharged by being alone. So sometimes after caring for babies all day long, all I want to do is just be by myself. I really don't want to get out and see anybody, but making a discipline almost. <laughs> this is my personality. <laughs> this is my personality shining through. I know, Sarah, I you're like, it. what are you talking about? This is fun. But getting <laughs> together with other girlfriends can seem draining when I'm like getting myself geared up for it. But then once I'm there, I always enjoy my time with them. And so even in the midst yeah. of mothering, prioritizing, spending time with other women who really energize me, who really fill me up spiritually, I call it the inner circle who like, I feel like I can divulge myself to vulnerably yeah, and that it will be received in a safe environment. And so that is a real self-care kind of endeavor on my part. And then the other thing is just implementing a Sabbath, which is really a difficult practice for me. Is that hard for you to implement? Oh, yeah, girl. Very much so. I have to be intentionally planning to Sabbath mm-hmm. every week because I feel like I'm in this season of my life in which I have so much that I could be doing all the time. At all times. Yeah. Yeah. And so setting aside the work intentionally, whether it be for an afternoon or ideally an entire day. And I always am so thankful I do that. I feel so much different on the weeks that I actually implement that than the weeks that Mm -hmm. I don't. I just think it's a real act of humility where you're acknowledging I cannot do it all. But I know that even in my rest that you're still working, God, and I trust you. Yeah, absolutely. And saying that, like, I'm going to be obedient to you, even though this feels inconvenient and like it's going to set me back. Totally. Yeah, that's good. It is good. (laughs) So this kind of goes in with that last question. You talked about getting together with girlfriends that bring you energy and bring our life-giving friendships. Mm -hmm. What does it look like to develop 
that kind of friendship and lasting friendships when you have such a transient lifestyle? I can't wait to hear you answer this question, too, because you've also been moving a lot. We've moved four times in the last six years. And even before that, I moved in the last probably 10, I've probably moved six times. So it has been a transient season. I think that's the season of the 20s for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the big key for me is just vulnerability and intentionality. Yeah. There comes this point when I'm at a place in which I've kind of taken inventory of all the people that are around me. And I'm thinking to myself, what are the two or three women that I want to intentionally seek out on a weekly or bi-weekly basis. And that requires intentionality because a lot of times there's so many opportunities for hanging out, so many different things that you could be doing with your time relationally, like to actually set aside time to spend with specific people and even to communicate to them like, man, your friendship is valuable to me. I really want to get to know you better. Can we get coffee this week, even though my kids are going to be acting crazy? <laughs> <laughs> Or if it's somebody who doesn't have kids, just to say, can you meet me where I'm at? Can you come hang out with me at Chick-fil-A while while my kids play in the play place or whatever? And then when we do meet, showing up, willing to be vulnerable, willing to allow myself to be known, even to an uncomfortable extent, because we just don't have the luxury of time. And I think there is something to, you know, choosing wisely whom you entrust your heart to, but I also think there's just like this little bit of risk that I've learned to embrace where it's like, okay, I'm going to show up and I'm going to divulge like what I'm able to divulge about my own struggles, my own sin, and just to hope that they meet me on the same side of the table kind of thing. What about you? Yeah, that's so good. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do that. I mean, I think the same. I think it's easy to be like, well, I have my inner circle. Yeah. We live all over the world. They're long distance. We have Marco Polo. So like we are surviving. Mm-hmm. And feeling like that need, I guess, that void is being met, mm-hmm. even though it's mm-hmm. being met virtually. Mm-hmm. And that's not, that's just not the full picture. I, I would be really interested to like sit down with Jesus right now and interview and be like, okay, so like walk me through with long distance and technology, like how this all yeah. works. But I really do think that life on life, seeing people day in, day out. Eyeball to eyeball. Yeah, that was just, that was the original way that they did things. And I think there's a lot to be said for that. So prioritizing that. People can't see your back foot when you're virtual a lot of times. I mean, sometimes they can, but you're always putting your best foot forward on Instagram, on social media, when you're showing up for a FaceTime call. Like it's Mm -hmm. usually your best foot forward. And we need people in our lives who are going to see that back foot and who are going to experience that in real time and who are going to be there to like preach the message of salvation to us in that moment. And then who can really tangibly just be the hands and feet of Jesus? You know what I mean? Like we just walked through a miscarriage and having somebody show up to my door. This is so simple. I didn't ask for this, but my friend Julie just shows up to my door with a whole breakfast in a bag. And it just meant so much to me that I could wake up the next morning and that I wouldn't have to worry about getting breakfast together. It was like the first thing off my plate for the day, literally on my plate, actually. (laughs) I was just so (laughs) thankful. And you can't do that as much as you want to. You cannot do that virtually. Now, I do have friends who are like really excellent at it, like you, who just like start a GoFundMe and help me buy a new computer. Or my friend Tiffany, who like every time I'm having a bad day, like sends me Starbucks via email. But it's just not the same as somebody showing up with a cup of coffee in hand. As much as we want to be there for each other like that, it's irreplaceable. Exactly. And it's important. It's so hard to do it when you know you're living a transient lifestyle. Uh Uh-huh. But I just think that we're missing out on more if we aren't willing to engage to that degree. No, that's so true. And I think just trusting that 
God has written all of our stories. And if they happen to intersect with one person, not to take that lightly, mm-hmm. that he could have written anybody and any, you know, it's like, okay, our, our paths happen to cross right now. And even if that's not like a natural fit or you're not like, oh my gosh, you're, you know, you're my best friend that's been missing all right. these years. BFF like it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't always have to be like yeah. that. And there's no, I think that when we look at Jesus with the disciples, like, there's not really ever any, I mean, John's like, I'm the one that he loved. But other than that, they don't really talk a lot about like, oh, this is like a cohesive group. Get along. We're all like laughing and cutting up together. Right. You know, and like, I forget that sometimes of, oh, what they what they have in common is is Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. And that that can be more than enough. Yes. To, to bring people together. I used to tell women who would call me saying they're getting into the military, like, what's your advice? I would just say, lower your expectations for friendship because a lot of times people have grown up with the same crowd. They know their people inside and out, or maybe they had the benefit like we did of being sorority sisters. And, you know, it's just the process has been so filtered that how can we not be friends? We're basically the Mm -hmm. same person. Yeah. I'm not nearly as funny as you, but, but (laughs) when we got into the military, we were meeting people from all over the world. Some of my best friends are like from New York. I'm from Oklahoma. Like, how do you yeah. even connect, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Felt like a whole different culture on so many levels. And just to say, like, community, again, this whole idea from Bonhoeffer, community is a gift. And if you have the commonality mm-hmm. of Jesus, there's a lot to be talked about and a lot to be experienced, a lot to be learned from one another. So recognizing that all community is a gift, that not coming to the table demanding something from the other person, but instead saying, what do I have to offer you? Because I think I came in really entitled to, like, having friendships look a certain way. Oh, yeah. And now I almost feel like I can be friends with anybody. Yeah. Which is great. I mean, I feel like that's what that's what Jesus did. Totally. Okay. Next question says, how do you make time to study your Bible and what mm. books are you reading and enjoying right now? Yeah. I think I talked about the whole study the Bible thing. So I'll share the books that I'm reading. I'm like loving the Wing Feather Saga. Have you ever read Ooh. this series? Oh, I've never even heard of that series. It's a Christian allegory by Andrew Peterson the singer songwriter. Yeah. So it's like a combination of like Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia. Interesting. Yeah. It's a teen fiction series. It's Christian, you know, it's like Christian based and it's just very engaging. And I'm about to finish the fourth book, but I can hardly bring myself to do it because it's the last book and I'm going to be so (laughs) sad when it's over. And you don't want it to end. That's when you know it's a good book is when you don't want it to be over. Totally. So I highly recommend that series. And then I'm also reading An Inheritance of Tears. The author's name is Jessalyn Huto. My friend sent it to me and it's just on processing miscarriage. Mm. And I got a couple of different books in the mail from friends. And this is definitely my favorite. It's more of like a theological framework for experiencing suffering, specifically in the form of miscarriage. And I am really enjoying it because I almost felt like when we walked through our miscarriage, I just didn't even have the brain space. It just felt really dry because I just was emotionally so spent. And so reading Jesslyn's words have really been an encouragement to me because she's like been spoon feeding me truth in a time of need. Yeah. So I highly recommend that. If if you have a friend who's walked through miscarriage, it would be an excellent gift. And thank you so much to my friend, Abby, who sent it to me. And beyond that, I'm just reading my Bible. What about you? Yeah. Do you have any books you want to share? I'm reading one fiction book right now called The Hate You Give. It's by Angie Thomas. It's young adult. It's not faith-based at all, like in any capacity. So I don't know that I'd necessarily be like, everybody go read it. It's been really enlightening. And I know that, 
you know, racial reconciliation is a, a conversation that's going around a lot lately. And that's something yeah. I've definitely want to prioritize. So this book was recommended and I'm enjoying it. It's a hard read, mm-hmm. but it's definitely enlightening. So mm-hmm. I'm appreciating the reading and then pausing to think and whatnot. I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Okay. We are down to our last two questions, Hunter, which I'm so excited to hear you. <laughs> Please tell us all, what are your three simple joys? Man, I feel like these change on the daily, but I asked Brooks this question too. I was like, what do you feel like are my simple joys? <laughs> GT kombucha is one of my simple joys. <laughs> Because you can get that puppy at the commissary for two forty nine. That's a lot oh, cheaper than you civilians win. get it. And I treat myself to that as a reward for going through the commissary with my three and my one year old every single time. <laughs> it's That's so worth it. Awesome. It's such a simple joy. What flavor do you get? I usually get the gingerberry. What about you? Yeah, that's a good one. Guava goddess is really good as well. Yes, that's what I was going to say. That's the one that <laughs> I get down with the guava goddess. But I love that you get it for that price. That is... Isn't that wonderful? That's wonderful. Yes. Totally a simple joy. Then I would say just an early morning, like after having gone to bed at 930. Oh, yeah. I know not everybody like feels this way about mornings, but since I am an introvert, waking up to a quiet house, it doesn't last long. (laughs) Kids are up by 630. But waking up to a quiet house and like having an opportunity to just get in the word and have a cup of coffee, it's literally my favorite time of day. Somebody said via Instagram recently, like, how can I make this my favorite time of day? And I'm like, you know what? It doesn't have to be the morning. Make time with Jesus, your favorite time of day, no matter what time of day it is. See, that is so freeing to somebody like me. I like go to bed at that time, you know? So that is <laughs> that is really comforting. This is not, not on the cards for me. And I just love like the dog days of summer, man. We are like out yeah. there all day long. Right now, we've got a park in the backyard. The kids are just always outside, whether it be oh, playing in the so water. Fun. Brooks and I love to like chip balls in the backyard, play some golf. It's just so much fun. I love the summer. I love that. Mm-hmm. Those are good ones. They Those are. are happy simplicities. And luckily, you're going to have plenty more days of summer, hopefully. It is. Yeah, probably until November. Yes, that'll be great. <laughs> we'll take it. Okay, and then here's our last question. Who has had the greatest impact on your journey with Jesus? Good grief. I meant to think about this before we started talking. And this is such a hard question. Everybody says that that comes on the show. Yeah. Like, How could I narrow it down to just one? And I totally feel like that right now. But I will say I was at such a sensitive time in my walk with the Lord when I went into college because I really was coming out of this narcissistic period of high school where the whole entire world revolved around me in my world. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> And then coming into college and just really looking for spiritual mentorship and guidance and Joyce Mm. Lassie and Linda Mullman were so key in such an impressionable time in my life. And I remember Joyce, I met her because she's one of your best friend's moms. And I went over there with Cheno, who is our best friend, and I was just happened to be at their house. And Elizabeth told Joyce that I really love to memorize scripture, which I made a much better habit of back then than I do now. (laughs) P.S. P.S. Me too. At the time, I was memorizing Ephesians. And she immediately grabbed me and she said, I hear you love God's word. And she said, why don't you quote it for me? (laughs) Literally. (laughs) first meeting of my whole life with this woman. And that sparked a friendship. And we just had a real kindred hearted relationship. And then through that, I met her friend, 
Linda, who really embodied discipleship. And so Joyce was just this perfect embodiment of loving God's word. She would pound on her Bible and say, this is your very life. <laughs> like, okay, yeah. yes. And then Linda did life together with people in a way in which I kind of imagine Jesus did, like mm-hmm. literally living with them and yeah. spending her whole life for the sake of the kingdom of God. And they would meet me every Monday morning at 5 a.m. and Ooh. we would pray in Linda's basement. And they taught me how to pray and they taught me what it looked like to engage people with the hope of the gospel in a real organic way, which was something mm-hmm. that I hadn't learned until that point. It had always just been methodical and it wasn't as relational. And so mm-hmm. to see them engaging in dependence on Christ and then to point others to the hope that they have in him with every opportunity that was presented to them changed my whole entire life. And I would say yeah. I'm still coasting on <laughs> like, like I, yeah. I'm obviously actively learning, but the things that God allowed me to see through my tangible experience with them, man, I, I feel like in many ways it must've been like what the disciples felt like after they got sent out. Wow. I love that Hunter. I know I miss them. Okay. Well, thank you so much for letting us the collective journey women body um, interview <laughs> you. It's just, it's so fun to hear from you every week, but then to get you behind the microphone and to get to ask you the questions and get to know you better. I don't know, just in a more like candid way is really fun for me, obviously. And then for all of us. So thank you so much for letting us pick your brain. This thank awesome. you friend. It was a blast. Always. I also just want to say a few thank yous because the Journey Women podcast literally wouldn't have been possible without so much effort from so many of my friends. First of all, Sarah Pape, who's on this episode, she literally brainstormed this whole operation with me and it's just been a constant source of encouragement. Other friends, including Elizabeth Seyfried, Tiffany Flickinger, Kara Overby, Lacey Garner, Meredith Woodruff, Jen Haskew, Matt Lance, Amy Ward, my sister-in-laws, Maddie Quick, everybody who has just consistently been messaging me, letting me know that you're praying for me, Maggie Combs, Abby Wedgworth. I am so thankful for all the thoughts, prayers, and encouragement for the last entire year. It's been a weekly endeavor, and I'm so grateful. I also want to say thank you to Jake Scott, who lets us use his music every single week, the intro, outro, and ads. You guys should go check out Dancing in the Dawn. It's such a fun song. I'm so thankful that we get to have it for our intro and outro. We have some incredible photographers who have so graciously gifted us their images to utilize on social media, like Nicole Reagan, Lauren Rund, Harkening Photography, Dory Exploring, Brittany Partain, a lovely journey photography, and last but not least, my incredible sister who just did our shoot that was focused on diversity, Alexander Jordan Photography. So grateful for all of you. Thankful for my girls over at Risen Motherhood, Laura Wiffler and Emily Jensen, who have taught me so much, even by example, and who have also extended a hand of friendship to me online. Let's see. My parents, they have been incredibly supportive, listened to every single episode and constantly send me encouragement. My in-laws, they have written checks to me. They have sat over coffee with me, over the table with me, and talked about what it looks like for Journey Women to continue. Kimberly Wooten, who literally gifted me like five or six months of her time for free. This whole endeavor would be dead without you. Luke Banner, thanks for your wisdom. 
Oh my goodness. And last but not least, I have to say thank you to my spouse, Brooks, for all of your constant encouragement and for your selfless service. Literally would have quit if it wouldn't have been for you encouraging me to continue. From him and to him and through him are all things to him be glory forever, including uh, the first year in the books of the Journey Women podcast. It's truly only by God's grace that we made it this far. I hope you guys took something from that episode with Sarah today. If not, at bare minimum, Sarah and I had a blast. And I guess if you're still listening, you at least found it entertaining. It's been a joy to journey with you guys. I cannot wait to see you here next Monday. Have a great week.